0: What's up, y'all? She from Legacy Hustle here. I have a little request of you. If you truly appreciate what we're trying to do here and you enjoy the show, the sharing, the transparency, and the insights, as well as the inspiration we bring you with each and every episode, I need you to help us out as well by supporting. Go ahead and subscribe, like, comment, follow, and review as we work to get the word out to more people about the show. Also, please consider sharing the show with your entire network. Thank you. Enjoy the show. Thank you. What's up, y'all? This is Legacy Hustle, a show that will highlight and amplify the stories of Black entrepreneurs and their products or services that are impacting preceding generations, future generations, or cross-generationally. We use the word legacy not only to describe the solutions created, but to also acknowledge our guests' impact on their own family, personal circles, through that wealth generation and creation. The show's going to explore what their business is, how they got it off the ground, and the trials and tribulations experienced on their Legacy Hustle journey, in an effort to both inspire and educate you, our listeners, who are referred to as our legacy hustlers. My name is Sheed, I'll be your host, and in this episode we'll be learning about Blastography. Rooted in the melodies of Afrobeat and inspired by the culture of hip hop, DJ Blast is an evolving festival concert at Nightclub DJ. Diversifying his talent by working with fellow Nigerian artists such as Burner Boy and WizKid to curating crowds for the likes of Nas, Trey Songs, LMI, and Pitbull, Blast can do it all. He graduated from Texas Tech University in 2015, moved across the country to Seattle, to both start working at Microsoft and taking on this challenge of shifting culture so that everyone could experience music beyond what local radio stations could provide. This Lagos native has entertained thousands in all capacities from the center of the stage. Ranging from Afrobeat concerts to hip hop festivals, Blast has the ability to show both his deep African roots as well as that Southern upbringing. Without further ado, let's get into this episode where DJ Blast drops all sort of wisdom, talks transparently about how he's been able to accomplish what he's been able to accomplish. So let's listen to it and get it going. Bobby, really appreciate you being here on today's episode of Legacy Hustle. Thank you.
1: Of course, of course. It's an honor to be here.
0: Yes, sir. All right. So can you please Begin off by telling us about Blastography and how you came up with the concept and what it's all about for the audience who aren't familiar with your greatness.
1: Um, yeah, it, it's, it's actually a really interesting story. Um, whenever I first was getting ready to work, I was like 14, 15. Um, my siblings told me I wasn't allowed to get a job, but they told me it was absolutely necessary for me to figure out how to get money. Right. And so at that point in time, 14, 15, this was like the peak of like Zenga and MySpace. You know, so I I tried to figure out what I could do with that and I learned how to start coding, right? And um, MySpace was completely in HTML. So I was figuring out how to make people's layouts and backgrounds, and that got me into Photoshop, which taught me design, right? And then from design, I was like, well, if I can make them, if I could design them a background, I mean I could take a picture too and make it really personal, you know? Um, and that's how I got into photography. And then um, I got to college, you know, this is now three years later and video was starting to blow up, you know, like this is the rise of YouTube and Instagram. So I was like, OK, well, I, I know how to use a camera. It can't be that much harder to add, you know, Premiere and After Effects. Um, so that's how I got into video. And I thought I was good. Photo, video, design. I'm, I'm, I'm here. Um, and that's what took me to Microsoft. Right. Right. Um, and I started working at Microsoft, moved to Seattle, and I realized there's a bunch of creatives. There's a bunch of people that know how to take pictures, a bunch of people that know how to make videos, a bunch of designers. there was no nobody doing music though, at least for the African American community. And right. I was like, well, how can I solve that problem?" You know and and the entire business has always grown out of the need to solve a problem. And so I started Djing, you know because I wanted to hear more hip hop, r and b, afrobeats in Seattle. And that then blew up into what blastography is today. Um, But, you know, overall, when I started, I was just a 15-year-old kid looking for summer money. And, you know, over the past, you know, nine, 10 years, it's developed into something completely different.
0: I love it. I love it. And so you've gone on this evolution, this journey where you started off with one thing and now you do a multitude of different things. What would you say is one thing that's really exciting about blastography today?
1: I mean, it's the horizon, you know, Um, we're we're, we're talking about this in 2022. If you asked me this question in 2020, before the pandemic, I would have given you a completely different answer. Right. Um, But right now where I'm at, like I'm coming off of this two year break. I've had two years to rethink how I want to move, two years to rethink, Okay, how do I now make this brand like supersede my life? you know how can i make this bigger than me um so when i think about what's exciting what's coming like i'm now thinking of longevity you know i think in 2020 i was thinking okay what's next what's next what's next now my mentality is if for some reason i was to die today what legacy would i leave behind you know like hmm. what 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 would blastography look like even you know 5 years 10 years down the road from now cuz right now i can still dj right now i can still get on stages and mix and do all that but when i'm 30 35, 40, probably not. But I want my brand to continue to grow. Wait, tell right? me, why not? I mean, you know, when I go to clubs and concerts and it's a 40-year-old guy on stage, I'm like, bro, <laughs> like... Take it easy, bro. <laughs>
0: but I mean, you know, I just went and saw, you know, Glasper. Glasper's in his 40s on Sunday, you know, and I, I might be talking about my age a little bit, but, you know, I enjoyed it. He was up yeah. there doing the damn thing. Um, and so, you know, I think I think there's something to set, be said about a creative who has continued to hone their craft and they get to a certain point. They don't necessarily need to stop. But yes, please you, continue, re- share your you brand,
1: right? Like you you, yeah. you know, um the way Maxwell was performing, you know, um uh why am I forgetting the name of this song? Um you know um from Loving Basketball. Um, yeah, yeah, um I'm forgetting uh, it at the moment for some reason. Nah, um I, but the I way you know <laughs> But the way he performed songs, you know, in the early 2000s and late 90s is not the way he's performing songs now. You know what I'm saying? Like when you think about the evolution of people's careers, I think where it looks bad is when people are still trying to do the things that they were doing in their 20s and their 40s. There it is. That's the problem, right? So me now, as I'm 29 years old, so as I'm in this stage of my life, I'm just trying to think, okay, if if I get to 30 or 35 and I choose to get married and start having kids... How do I keep this going? Even if it's not me, right? Right. You know, like how does my brand now transcend Bobby, you know, um, like top of mind for me at the moment.
0: Got it. Got it. And so again, you know, you've gone through this evolution transformation as time has, has flowed on when you first started the business, right. In terms of revenue where you were at then versus today, how has that footprint changed in terms of your revenue?
1: you know, money, money is an interesting thing to talk about. Um, so I grew up in Dallas and in the Dallas community, there are a lot of DJs, like a lot, and they range in age. There's some as young as 16. There's some as old as 65. Right. So when I started mixing, I was in Seattle. And so I met a bunch of Seattle DJs that were charging, you know, 300 an hour, 400 an hour, And then, but my very first show, like the very first time I ever DJed in public was someone's 50th birthday party in Dallas. And I told my parents, Hey mom, dad, I want to charge, you know, $150 an hour for five hours. So it was going to add up a little bit. And my parents told me we can go down the street and get somebody for 150 hours for the whole show. And you know, I was thinking, okay, y'all don't y'all don't get where I'm trying to go with this, you know. (laughs) I'm thinking 150 was low because again, in Seattle, people were charging 300. I didn't think my skills were at the 300 level at that point, but nonetheless, I had to do some balancing. Right. To hear my parents tell me my 150 was too high, it was discouraging. So I remember I did that got check real quick. (laughs) Right. I did that show at 50 an hour for five hours. Mm. Right. That gives me $250. Mind you, I had to fly from Seattle to Dallas, had to take my turntables with me. I had to take time off work, like all these other things add in. So I I didn't make any money. Right. Um, And that's year one. I look at year two, year three, year four, how things changed. Even in my up until the pandemic, I thought the only way to make money was from me being on the stage. Right? Like me being in front of an audience, me being in front of people and making them dance. I thought that was my only way to generate income. And then the pandemic hit and we could no longer gather in spaces. And that's what showed me how much money there is floating around in so many other venues. I started realizing you can make uh, revenue off of TikTok. Right? Every every uh, five thousand views, you're bringing in a little bit of cash. You know, you start getting ten thousand views, you're bringing a little bit more cash. Five hundred thousand? Now we're really talking. You know, so there's new ways to make money. You um use your Instagram again as a platform. Instagram now pays you, but for a long time it didn't. But if you do, if you use Instagram properly. Other people will pay you to post on for, for them, you know. Um, so my my revenue model changed quite a bit during the pandemic. I went from oh, I have to be in a different city every single weekend because I want to expand my brand to oh no, I just need to reach out to the right brands that are willing to partner with me to make things happen. So you start posting content, you start making merchandise, you start doing all these other things that can make quite a difference, and of course. Inflation, right, so you, you got to raise the prices too, so going from fifty dollars an hour in my very first show to now, at minimum we're talking five hundred five fifty per hour you know um it 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 makes a big change in how you know revenue works and in how I can now move my business forward again, if I'm thinking about things that will outlive me, I have to be able to afford those things right yeah. so
0: and so for, for people who are tuning in who um, perhaps have not been able to witness the greatness of you up on stage, moving the crowd, can can you um, please share who have you shared a stage with so that people just recognize, you know, who you're out here um, spinning records for and, and hyping the crowd for, et cetera?
1: Yeah, um, it, 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 the 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 numbers are wide um we I, my very first concert was with pitbull um that was in uh, 2018 um my most recent concert uh was with fireboy dml which is an up-and-coming uh african artist afrobeat artist um i have dj'd for Wizkid. i've dj'd for mr easy i've dj for nas um i've dj'd for trey songs and jacques i've dj'd you know uh, tenny uh debange like literally whether you're in the afrobeat section r and section or hip-hop section i've probably dj for one your favorite artist. So, um I'm just excited to see where it goes from here.
0: There it is. Amazing. Now, now I like to dig in a little bit for our legacy hustlers who tune in and and they're trying to figure out how to crack a certain approach or, or do something that perhaps is intimidated a little bit. You spoke a lot about uh channeling and leveraging um social media platforms. How did you start educating yourself on how to maximize the impact through those avenues such as a TikTok or such as an Instagram?
1: Um, I'm not going to lie to you guys. It was on complete accident. Um, it's it, my my Twitter and my Instagram were on purpose. Those were those were dedicated channels for what I was doing. So, um, to be impactful and to give you guys a gem, whatever it is that you're wanting to sell, make that the focus of your page. Um, so I remember when I first started DJing, you know, I had pictures from every country in the world, uh, everywhere I had traveled to, every city I had seen, you know, and those were the pictures I was posting. And I remember a friend of mine at the time, he, he walked up to me, he's like, bro, nobody knows you're a DJ. It just looks like you travel. <laughs> you know, like you just look like, you know, world traveler, world traveler Bobby. And I was like, oh, I didn't realize that my Instagram was really my new website. Because I was like, if they wanna know about me, they go to my website. No one does that. Everyone's gonna look at your Instagram for who you are. Um, so whatever it is that you wanna sell, make sure that is front and center with every single scroll on your page, right? And then that now transcends, you know, as you think of building your brand, you know, there's different types of DJs. Um, there's wedding DJs, there's concert DJs, there's, um, you know, bar DJs, like there's all sorts of different options, right? Um, so whatever it is that you want to do, like, again, if you're a photographer, there's, there's portrait, there's event, there's wedding, you know, all these different options. So definitely, first of all, hone in. Once you do that, now find brands that align with what it is that you want to do. So I remember initially I, as a DJ, I was like, I need a liquor somewhere. I don't even drink, but I was like, I need, I need someone that will partner with me on the liquor front. Cause I host events. And, um, I remember I reached out to Hennessy and Remy and, and crown, you know, and I, I was reaching out to all these different brands. They'll give me one or two events. And then I linked up with Bel Air and Bel Air Again, in the hip hop community, was this huge champagne brand that was doing a lot of different things. And I was like, "All right, well, let's try." I, I sent them a message on LinkedIn, and now three. So again, yeah, through LinkedIn, through LinkedIn. Okay, as a Microsoft employee, <laughs> you know, I, I sent this message. And, you know, three years later, I've, I've been a, a Bel Air brand ambassador and, and it's an ongoing partnership, you know, so using social media for the benefit of your business is something that you should be doing. And then with TikTok, again, during the pandemic, I was like, let me just try something. Let me see how it's going. Um, and I just started posting videos every day and they just gained traction. Um, and I did that for a solid three, four, four months or so. Um, and now the algorithms have changed again. So there's some days, you know, I can get 3000 views on my story and other days I get a hundred. You know, um, so don't get used to one thing, understand that you're consistently going to have to change or hire someone that knows how to run social media and deal with all the algorithms for you. Um, yeah, That's my advice.
0: Oh man, love it. So legacy hustlers, what you've just heard from Bobby is effectively hone in on what it is that you want in terms of your brand and presence so that anytime time a person tunes in to your platform, no matter what it is that you're on, they're seeing that brand show up. That's what you want at the forefront. And then just be consistent. Like he said, you know, there's going to be days where it's going to go through the roof because it catches fire. And then there's other days where perhaps it won't be as popular. And that's okay. Just continue to be consistent. And then the other thing you heard from uh, his story around becoming a brand ambassador for Bel Air is just shoot your shot. If there's a certain relationship you want to establish, if there's someone that you've been wanting to reach out to and nervous about how, just reach out, right? Um, And and like he shared, before he got to Bel Air, there were a lot of other things that manifested. Some did not, right? And one show or two shows finally hit Bel Air and they were able to create this relationship with him that had longevity. There's going to be times where a door closes in, in your face. Don't let that be the only door you knock on keep on going. Bobby, appreciate those words really and truly. When you think about where you've come during this time, you know, you started, you're here today. What would you say was the biggest challenge you've had to overcome?
1: Man, uh, people shut doors in your face really quickly. Um, there are a lot of people that aren't interested in anything you have to say, especially Mm -hmm. when you're trying to get into, um, you know, B-list celebrities, A-list celebrities, um, they're already doing what they want to do. So why should they listen to this random guy? Um, and again, that's a metaphor for probably every single business owner trying to get into a door that they're not currently in, you know? Um, and I think my, my biggest takeaway ever in life, don't tell yourself, no, Mm -hmm. um, there's so many times that like, even the manager of the artist will be like, hey bro, now we're not interested, or just not respond to me. And then I'll find where the event's gonna be. I'll go to the venue owner and be like, hey, this is what I wanna do, how can I make that happen? Or I'll look on Instagram, see who me and the manager are cool with. Who are we both mutually following? I'll reach out to that person and be like, hey, I think this is your homie, can you introduce me to them? You know, like, don't be the one to tell yourself no. E- and I will go as high as Beyonce came to Seattle. I was like, who do I know that knows Beyonce? <laughs> you know, like, don't, I mean, I didn't do it, but still, you know, like I tried. You tried. Just, just to know that I tried and it didn't work is quite different than knowing that you didn't try and it didn't work. And now you're left wondering, what if?
0: Mm, you know, what you're saying is really resonating with me. And It's a big part of why I started the entire Legacy Hustle movement, right? I I want people to ensure, you know, Legacy Hustlers, I'm talking to you right now as well. You don't stand in the way of your dreams, right? There's enough blockades and things out there that'll get in the way, but don't shut yourself down from at least trying. And that is what you're hearing so emphatically from Bobby. And I'm so appreciative of the fact that he's beating that drum right now. Bobby, can you talk about some sacrifices you've had to make for your business?
1: Yeah. I'll give y'all an example. Uh, whenever I DJed for Trey Songs, uh, that's 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 the second largest show I've ever done in my life. There were uh, about 11, 11 or twelve thousand people in the building, and um, I I was excited. I was like, I'm DJing for a list celebrity. It's going to be a good day. Um, I reach out, you know, tell them how much I charge. They're like, We're not paying you, bro.
0: <laughs> you know, like
1: <laughs> you're you working for free, and um. I did the largest show ever and I made the least amount of money I've made in years. Nothing. Zero. I lost money. You know, like I had to go buy clothes. I had to buy gas. I had to do all these different things. Um, But at that show, I met Nas's tour manager. And so because I was willing to take the quote unquote L of financially, I was able to sacrifice one thing that propelled me Naz's show is now the largest show I've ever done. And we did the Oracle Arena in Oakland, you know, and that holds 20,000 people. And so, you know, taking one step back again at what I thought was going to be the largest show I ever did propelled me to something completely different. So sacrificially, I I feel like it's okay to say, all right, I'm not going to get paid my rate today, knowing that you're setting yourself up for something better. Um, I think in a lot of of times, small business owners or medium-sized business owners, we think finances are the bottom line. And every once in a while, it's OK to take, you know, again, quote unquote, an L to hopefully be set up for a win later on. Now.
0: And, and I'll just ride on the back of what, what Bobby's saying right now. So Legacy Hustlers, is, is you're reflecting on what he just stated, right, it's about looking at the entire picture. What is it in terms of that engagement, in terms of that that potential business deal, even though it may not be ideal in terms of the dollar amount you're going to get from it? what can it do to set you up for future success? Who does it expose you to? What other potential players are out there, stakeholders that have some sort of tangential connection to what it is you're trying to do? And if that offsets you not getting what you would hope you'd get for a pay, maybe it's worth doing it, right? And so just really reflect on those things. Thank you for saying that, Bobby. All right. So you spoke a little bit about the future and and sort of where you hope things will go as you think about your legacy. Tell us more about your future vision for Blastography.
1: Yeah. um, I want to turn it into a festival, you know? um, So the tagline of Blastography is the blast experience, right? And with everything that I do again, currently I feel like it's embodied within me. Um, And my hope is, even when I'm no longer DJing, it can continue to live on, and I feel like the best way to do that is through live events, you know, um, festivals, concerts, things of that nature. Um, obviously, there were some issues. There was the Astroworld situation. There's been other situations that have happened that, have, that are causing me to even think deeper about how to fully reimagine that experience, right? Um, but if you do it right, if you do a festival right, especially in Seattle, Washington, where there isn't Many people doing anything in the Afrobeat, hip hop, R and B space, you have the ability to really make a change. Um, and I'm hoping that um, with the seeds that I'm sowing now at age 29, my kids will be reaping from when I'm 40, 50. You know, um, I really do want to make an impact and a difference in the city to that uh, measurement. And, and again, I'm not even from here. Um, coming from Dallas, Texas, I there's festivals everywhere but coming to seattle being exposed to the need and the want here i feel like i was brought here for a reason and i do want to make a change you know while i'm here
0: Mm. Mm. well you already know how i feel about a lot of your work man anything that i I can do to help and support you already know just give me a call uh legacy hustlers what you're hearing from this man again ties in so well with the theme and concept of legacy hustle right he's sitting here and trying to think through How does he create and generate something that has a lasting positive impact on the community, bringing the people, the music that they want, they're not currently getting, as well as being able to set um, his family up for future success as he envisions, you know, children and everything else down the line for himself. And the same can be said for whatever it is that you're trying to create and set up. What impact are you trying to have on the world around you and for those that you care for and your loved ones around you as well? So please, like we've been saying, um, don't get in the way of your own dreams and make it happen. Hey, Bobby, we do this thing called Five Minute Hustle. It's effectively a call and response, gives you an opportunity to share some nuggets of wisdom and some tools and resources that you use or about to go on that journey. Can you tell us what, if anything, initially held you back from becoming an entrepreneur?
1: Um, I think apprehension and fear. Um, that was probably my biggest thing. Not to get over it. I think the rubber just met the road eventually. Um, it, from the t- I moved to Seattle in January of 2016. I started DJing in April of 2016. Um, and I think after three months of sitting in Seattle rain, I was like, enough is enough. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I need to make this change. Um, and that's, I think, again, sometimes it just, it's just a matter of timing. Right. Um, Right. Because after I waited that four months, I I DJed two, maybe three events, 100 people, 200 people, um, small, but the right person showed up and they were like, oh, well, Pitbull's coming to Seattle. We need a DJ. Do you mind coming? And so from 200, 300 people, I went to 5,000, 6,000, you know. Um, So I think timing uh, was my first barrier. I was like, I haven't DJed long enough. I don't know anything about this. I don't know how to handle these things. Um, but eventually what I thought was my drawback ended up becoming a strength because I, I just, I was willing to learn.
0: There it is. What's the best business advice you've ever received?
1: Man. Um, I, I said it already, but I, I'll, I'll reiterate it and then talk about it differently. Do not tell yourself. No. Um, I, and I, I think I think half the ideas in this world struggle because we tell ourselves no. And that ties to a second thought that I have, which is fail fast. Um, If you tell yourself no, that means mentally you'll just keep thinking and ruminating on things. Um, And if you eventually try to do it a year later, two years later, and you still fail, now you've just wasted two years of your life. Right. You know, so. Don't tell yourself no. Attempt it. Attempt it again. Attempt it again. And if you failed, at least you've only wasted a week, two weeks, right? Mm-hmm. You know, like now you can move on to the next thing and keep going. Um, I think it's really important to at least try. And then mm-hmm. once you try, you know if this was like tangible or not. Yeah. And and you've now wasted a lot less time. So that, that's what mm-hmm. works for me.
0: Facts. Facts. And Legacy Hustlers have heard me say this before, but um, this has been an idea in terms of the show itself that I've had for like over five years and I just yeah. drag my feet on it. Right. Yeah. Um, so I'm, I'm glad that it's finally emotion. People get to hear you, brother. What business book, magazine, podcast, etc. cetera, what sort of resources do you use to fill your cup and get you energized and focused on your business? Um, I think there's a lot of things that I use. Uh, I read books
1: of people that I hope to someday be like. Right? Um the the Jay Prince's autobiography is really interesting. Um and I read that book out of just sheer interest. Jay Prince, you know, if you don't know who he is, he's arguably the person that found Drake and got Drake signed to Young Money. And um his book is about nothing but art, power and respect. And um, I think those three things kind of are important to me just due to the fact that as an artist, I want my art to be respected. Um, I feel like in a lot of ways, art can put you in powerful rooms to allow you to do plenty of other things. And then in terms of the word respect, you never want your brand to be faltered for something nonsensical, right? Um, I want my brand to be Almost held it even more respect than myself. You know, so, um, I, I, I really enjoyed his book. Um, I read a lot of things on like, you know, business insider on earn your leisure. Um, I listen to those podcasts. Um, and outside of that, really, I just talk with other business owners. I try my best to put myself in the midst of people that are doing better than I am. Um, I've always been told, you know, um, if you're broke, but you hang out with seven millionaires, I guarantee you, you become the eighth millionaire. You know, Um, so I try my best to surround myself with people that are doing, if not better than I am, equally amazing things, you know, so that I can learn from them, garner from them um, and really feel enriched by their presence.
0: Love it. Legacy Hustlers, you already know all of the different resources that he just touched on are going to be in the show notes. So feel free to flip to the show notes and you'll see all the links there uh, going back to all the great things that he just shared. All right. And the last thing that I'll ask you, favorite online tool, application, or internet resource that you use for your business that you didn't know existed before you started, yeah. but now you cannot see yourself living without?
1: Inly. Inly.io. Um, Inly is a contracting, invoicing um, you can send out proposals uh you, it just it handles that entire end to end you know situation of a client reaches out to you um and you need to get them back a contract they can sign the contract in this app um they send back the contract they send the deposit they can tip you you know they can do every single thing you know end to end and I didn't realize how important that was until I needed to start signing contracts. And then it's weird to send over a PDF. They have to print it, sign it, send it back, or they screenshot it, try it. And now it's weird because it's not a PDF anymore. You know, all these different yeah, issues. Yeah. Inly handles all of that for you. Um, I think I use Inly more than anything else. Um, and it shows you, obviously, your income. It projects income for you, all those different things.
0: There it is. That's a new one. Have not had anyone talk about that yet. So appreciate you for not only (laughs) dropping all these gems, but sharing all these great resources as well. That was our last question. And so with that, really, really thank you. Um, You've come on the show and just blown it away in terms of being able to walk people through your business, blastography, how you were able to over the past few years um, build it, evolve, evolve, as time, pandemic, etc., have come your way, and you've had to modify and pivot, you're still continuing to grow. So, thank you for sharing that story. Is there anything else you want to leave our legacy hustlers with before you sign off?
1: You know, um, as a business owner, uh, one thing that was taught to me really, really early on is like, if your presence doesn't make an impact, then your absence won't make a difference. Right, and um, at first. I don't know how much that resonated with me, you know, like, okay, my presence, impactful, cool. But if I'm not there, then so what? I just didn't get that gig, right? Um, but now there's something cool about people be like, oh man, there was this, there was this event and it would have been 10 times better if you had DJ'd, right? You know. Um, and again, think about that for your business. Oh, there was this event. And if you were the photographer, I know the pictures would have come out 10 times. Or if you were the florist or if you had made the shirts or whatever it is that your business is. Imagine if people started coming up to you and saying, "Man, if you were the vendor that was there, it would have been ten times better." But the only way to get to that point is by showing up consistently when you are invited to things. Um, so, if I could leave you with one piece of advice, like, wear your brand on your shoulders. I only wear my merch now. I don't really wear too many other brands, you know, like, because I I, I I want people to to believe in the authenticity of what I'm promoting, and then in the hopes of even when I'm not there, people are wishing that I was. Um, mm. I think you know that's what that's, that's what really defines and separates brands.
0: Bobby, appreciate that. Thank you so much, legacy hustlers. Until the next time, please don't stand in the way of your own dreams. All right, signing out. What's up, legacy hustlers? I hope your cup is overflowing with inspiration, motivation and knowledge after listening to our guests today. And if it was, don't forget to subscribe, like, follow, comment, and share with your friends. So we can continue to grow the base of the listeners. shout outs to Chris from sideline records for always producing an amazing episode, Jonathan Leonard. We see you. Thank you for the uh, intro music and to our listeners. Until the next time we connect, please don't get in your own way in the pursuit of your dreams.